0: Bye.
1: My name is Anthony and sitting right across from you via Zoom, as always, is my, my pal, DeQuincy.
2: Hey, guys. What's up? How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. I'm good.
2: Another subdued opening from you. You okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Just, you never know. Huh? It's like an RKO. It's going to be out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, well, I always got to check on you because, you know. I don't want anything bad <laughs> happening to my friend over here. What would I do without yeah. you? Let's never. I hope I never have to find out. Um, i have a lot more free time. When you're yeah, hit. A, yeah, a lot more free time. Unfortunately, uh, uh, we're back. Um, how's how's been since uh, we haven't talked in a while? How's how have you been, like family wise, um, work wise, all that?
1: Everything's good. Everything's good. Work has been very, very busy this whole month. Since uh, the new year started, man, since the holidays ended, it's been nonstop. But, uh, you know, just got to keep plugging away and getting it done. Bummed because none of my uh, uh, conference championship picks panned out, oh. which we'll talk about, I think, next week, just because there's such a long time between... Now and the Super Bowl, but, you know, there's plenty of time to analyze it, and, you know, kind of see what happens in, in the meantime. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I picked Cincinnati and San Francisco and they both let me down, but that's OK. As long as I have any money riding on it, I'm OK. <laughs>
2: yeah. Don't be out here betting money you can't afford to lose. Right. Uh Me over here, um, work wise, I'm still on vacation. Tomorrow's my last day. Oh, very cool. Yes, I'm very, very sad to be going back to work. <laughs> of course. We'll be playing the uh Powerball on Wednesday trying to never have to work again. Okay. Uh besides that, I'm fine. Um well, I'm fine. Girlfriend had a, has a touch of the COVID. Oh no. Yeah. You know, you take those at home tests and those two lines pop up. I was like, well. Oh.
1: Yeah. How's
2: she feeling? Um, better now than she was a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's, thank God for vaccines, because it's been like a flu. Um, double thank God for vaccines, because I didn't get it. I'm still right. COVID free. Yeah. yeah. But, uh. Are you
1: still testing regularly?
2: Yeah. Got to. I mean, the government sent all those tests out. Might as well use them, you know? <laughs>
1: right. They will collect eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: eventually those things will go bad. So I'm well use using why I can. not But now I'm feeling mm-hmm. good. Um, a little, a oh little been all right. Yeah, yeah. He had a little bit of a cough, but no COVID thing. It's just a mixture of things that's going around right now. It's either the COVID, flu, cold. They're just running a, uh, trios tornado on the American citizens right now, and we're getting hit with that. But uh, uh, now nah, everything's good. Good. grandma's oh. been okay yeah i saw um, like my first day of vacation i went to see my mom and grandma and told them that you said hello and they're like oh hey what's he up to and like same old same old working <laughs> hard paying taxes so yeah they're appreciative of uh, you check asking about them you know and uh um, said once say they miss you oh
1: it's definitely same thing yeah
2: and uh, yeah, grandma, she's doing good. You know, I went over there, they were chopping vegetables, and I was helping, you know, being a good, dutiful grandson. So she remembers me in her wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but, uh, but I'll seriously, everything's good on my side, man. Good, good, always good to hear. Yeah, always good to check out. And for everybody listening, hope that you're doing well. Hope your family's doing well. Professionally, take that vacation while you can, because American capitalism does not care about you. That's what I want out there. So um, we were going to start this podcast out uh, talking about wrestling, the World Rumble. But today, news just fell down like manna from heaven. James Gunn came out and announced the upcoming DC slate for what they're calling Chapter 1. Was it monsters, gods, and monsters? And uh, me and Anthony had some thoughts. So, um, how you, what did you think of the, when you saw um, the lineup? What were your original thoughts? Oh, man. I mean, just
1: meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. But, Mm. you know, but at the end of the day, you know, these are the properties that people want to see, you know um you'll never r- run out of people going to see a batman movie um you'll people will eventually get amped up again for superman hoping that this is the one you know that this is you know this is the next christopher reeve you know the the true heir or successor to christopher reeve um <laughs>
2: So you saying the last time we had a good Batman movie? Uh, sorry, a good Superman movie was fifty years ago.
1: Um, no, because I I really did like Man of Steel. Oh, okay. And people seem to really enjoy Henry Cavill, but they are going in a direction. They're going younger. It looks like. Um, and so, you know that chapter's closed. That page is turned, and so. You know we start over again, and um, you know, it's it is a little, um, like I told you earlier, it's very like uh, the uh, making the band sketch on Chappelle show,
3: mm-hmm.
1: where after so many times that Diddy played by Dave Chappelle uh, shut down the studio for various reasons, you know, by the end, the the contestants or the people that made up the band were just they just had it you know they just doing the old you know just brushing them off like whatever <laughs> like fine you know what we're, like what else is new so a reboot you know uh, starting from scratch Um, feels like they're starting from scratch every five years at this is point this
2: the third time That they've had to restart their DC, um, DCEU, DCU movie universe because people forget like that first Green Lantern movie that was supposed to be the beginning. And it was so panned universally that DC was like, oh, nope, we got to do something new. It's quickly the end. (laughs) Yeah. Then they decided to hand things off to um, Zack Snyder. We saw how that turned out.
1: Again, I didn't mind Man of Steel. still a little too dark but the uh, the story i think was was good um but uh yeah just it's just too much zack snyder at that point um and you know we might get the same with james gunn uh, you know
2: and my thing about zack snyder is i think he's a great director like there are shots in the Man of Steel that are absolutely amazing. Like when Superman is flying through Metropolis. Like he's a great director. It's when he's when he has to be in charge of everything that's when it falls apart. Yeah. Like like we've seen it in um, in sports, you you see a guy who makes an excellent um, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but when he's a head coach, he struggles. It's like right. that, that's what happened with um, Snyder. It's like if, if he's making his movie like Superman or Batman, even though I think they're a little bit too dark for what DC needs to be, they can still work. But when that's the overall tone of the entire movie universe, it, right. it doesn't work. Like you have to have both dark and light moments.
1: Exactly. And hopefully, you know, James Gunn, you know, and Peter Safran learn from that. Um, because James Gunn has never been, has never been given the keys to the kingdom either. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is, you know, we're going to see what he, you know, how he really treats it, treats all of these properties. Um, and not necessarily just the ones he's going to direct or write and write or and direct. Um, I think it's interesting that they're still open to keeping uh, many of the same actors mm-hmm. from the other franchises. One yeah. that really
2: sticks out is Ezra Miller. That one sticks out. But what I was the same? I was like, yeah. A lot of the problems with the DC movies wasn't the actors; it was what they had to to work with. Right.
1: And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with uh, Gal Gadot. I'm fine with. Jason Momoa and Zachary Levi, Mm -hmm. because those movies were surprisingly, you know, good. Like they weren't terrible, especially uh, Shazam. I had no expectations or very low expectations going into that.
2: Yeah, that's because DC DC doesn't know how to market their movies. That one, I don't know. know I will go to my grave believing that that movie should have been marketed as a family superhero movie. Because, like, here's a kid becoming an adult and having all the superpowers. So I'm like, why would you not want to market that towards children?
1: Right. Uh but you know, like the 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 character, like oh, whatever, Shazam. Mm-hmm. And then Zachary Levi, oh boy, like him really like, okay. Yeah. And then the you watch it Chuck? and exactly. He's perfect. I mean, he's perfect for that role. He's perfect for that character. um, For what it was for the, the comedic timing that it needed. And it was, yeah, it was, I thought it was a really, it exceeded all of my expectations. I, I really thought it was a fun movie. Aquaman. I thought was really cool. I thought it was, you know, uh, it was it was different. It didn't have the dark tones like all of the others, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it worked. Um, I'm very surprised it was, that there- it was
2: underwater uh, Black Panther. <laughs> right, but you I'm know what? Surprised. If Go. you're gonna copy a movie, copy a good one. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. But what is what is up with uh, sticking with Ezra
0: Miller?
2: I have no idea because James Gunn even said in his uh, little Twitter video that the Flash movie was going to be like a reset for the entire DC universe. So if you're going to reset, reset. I mean, you easily like have the Flash point and afterwards have a completely different actor playing the Flash. It wouldn't be that difficult and we would all understand it. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know because there you can f- you can sh- shake a tree and find an attractive white actor to fall out of it. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't know. I don't think of Ezra Miller being like that integral to the Flash character. Like you can find someone else.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. But maybe my mind would be changed after after this movie comes out and by that i mean maybe other people's reviews will will change my mind because i'm probably not gonna go and see the flash considering who's you know the main star is
1: yeah i just i i just don't know how you could stick by him hmm. um
2: that's one of those uh, we talked about last podcast. where it's like a, a sunk cost fallacy. It's like we already spent two hundred and fifty million dollars on this movie. We're gonna stand behind them, and it's like, are you really gonna get that money back? Should you really be worried about bringing Ezra Miller and his problem and their problematic self back? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, release the movie, like, deal with the fallout from that. But to you know, give this person another movie, you know, <laughs> very very interesting. Um and, and honestly, I think the biggest takeaway for me at least is that with Super Superman, they're not gonna do an origin story. They're they're basically saying, you know who this guy is, you know what where he's from, what he's done, what he's about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's this new story we're gonna tell. And uh good.
2: We don't need origin stories for guys like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, Captain America, Iron Man, we don't need those super, we don't need those origin stories anymore. Spider-Man, we don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot anymore, okay? <laughs> super famous <laughs> properties like that, we don't need to see it. Everyone knows the story by now. You need to, if you're going to do origin stories, you need to do them for these smaller, pro, smaller um, characters, like Blue Beetle, who they're bringing, or like Shazam, people, uh, characters that people don't know as well. Right. If I see Martha and Thomas Wayne get shot one more goddamn time I'm gonna lose my mind
1: when you said Uncle Ben (laughs) somewhere in the universe a a swath of old white male actors (laughs) (laughs) shuddered knowing that they're suddenly possibly going to be out of a job
2: one less role for them
1: (laughs) right so yes we do (laughs) we do need that
2: (laughs) so did you see you're wrong Quincy? uh, oh whatever (laughs) i'm i'm right and apparently marvel agrees with me because we did not see that in um mcu yep we got the same storyline from um aunt may dying worked out just fine um so did you see all the projects that um that's been announced so far
1: uh I'm still sifting through it, but...
2: All right. All right. Oh, and before we get to that, I sometimes remember. So apparently the plan is like they're going to hire people to do everything. Like if you're cast to be like, say, Superman, you're also going to be Superman in the animated role and in the video games. <laughs> That's interesting. That is crazy. I'm saying it's crazy because do do people not realize there's a big difference between acting on stage and screen and doing a voiceover role like history yeah. is, history is full of big name actors coming in and just being subpar in the and um and they uh God damn and a cartoon in an anime like I know that we both watched the, the What If show on Disney+. Plus, and I got to say, I love Sebastian Stan, but his performance left a lot to be desired as Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then, like, do they realize how much work that you have to do in video games? Like, I hope they don't expect these people to spend... You know, three to four months shooting a movie, and then turn around and like, oh, well, now we need you for motion capture in this video game, and that's gonna take another three to four months. Like, <laughs> it's like being signed to a three sixty deal. And you get signed to a DC movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that kind of tripped me out. I know you don't play video games like I do, but it's it's something.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I'm looking at these uh, newly un- announced movies
2: and like, movies and TV shows.
1: Right, but like with Swamp Thing, like there's a movie you do an origin story on. That's fine. Like because not a lot of people know Swamp Thing or not familiar with Swamp Thing or remember the character. There you do an origin story there. But Superman Legacy, Brave and the Bold. Let's
2: we'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna start. Um, let's see, Hollywood Reporter. So the one thing that already has a release date is the Superman Legacy movie. Right. Um, this is the one that James Gunn is writing and like you said it's not going to be an origin story uh, uh, um, I don't know it's two years away so I'm sure they can gin up support for it but why do you think Superman doesn't work nowadays like you were talking about those uh, Christopher Reeve movies and they hit why do you think Superman just doesn't hit now
1: because they've only done like origin stories on him. And they've only basically had him face Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Never really delved into any other um foes of Superman. Barely got to Dark Side or not Dark Side, uh Doomsday. Um, uh, but even then it was because of Lex Luthor, you know? Mm-hmm. And then just the surrounding cast have just always been questionable. You know, I, I never really liked Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor.
2: Welcome Luthor. to the club.
1: <laughs> um, uh, I, I thought, um, what's his name, Michael mm-hmm. Shannon? I thought he was great as General Zod. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like they did the the Zod story in the eighties with Christopher Reed and I have no problem with them updating it, you know, doing it over or redoing it because it, it, I thought it worked. I thought it was really good. Um, but again, like there's really not much else after that, that they, you know, there's no, um, yeah, they've just never delved into other foes of his.
2: I just wonder how um, Marvel can make Captain America work and DC can't make Superman work when they're basically the same like moral character.
1: Because Superman's unstoppable, too. Like in the end, you know, I mean, most of these movies, you know, the good guy's going to come out on top. But mm-hmm. how, yeah, how do you make him vulnerable without making him completely vulnerable, you know? But that's where Mr Mr. Mixel could come in. Because Superman is you know he is uh weakened by magic, like he mm-hmm. falls from magic. He's you know, and it's a silly character, yeah, but you know, have him team up with someone that you know can put the hurting on. Him.
2: So if we remove Lex uh I'm gonna say Lex Luger <laughs> Lex Old Luther. Package. If we remove luther course, who, yeah who would you like to see uh be the villain in the new superman movie man um now comes the question well how many superman villains do you know
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm looking at brainiac which could be interesting uh doomsday like it's still like it, it didn't it was a short-lived you know appearance of doomsday
2: the only problem with doomsday is the minute you bring in doomsday everyone is expecting superman to die right like that's the story he fights doomsday dies and recovers later but that's one of the reasons why i didn't understand why Zack snyder did his movie it's like well we know he's coming back so why are you doing this it's the second movie Mm mm-hmm And Zod, like, do you really want to have the third Zod story? Or the third reboot is Zod story. The, well, second reboot is zods story. You did it with the Christopher Nolan, you did it with Snyder. Do you want to do that again so soon?
1: I, I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think you can you should go back to that. But you know, if you go to Dark Side, I mean you're if anything, Dark Side should be your Thanos should be the the one that you bring everybody in for without just throwing them at him right away. Like, you know, or alluding to it. Like the, was it the justice league movie? Mm -hmm. Like you have to give, you have to build to that with multiple movies and not just one or two. Um,
2: You know, I'm scrolling through and, like, this is how little I pay attention to Superman. I, like, don't even know his villains off the top of my head.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading a... I'm reading a uh, a list, and it's just, like, I don't see these translating... I don't see these translating on, on the big screen, unless, I think, if... Uh, James Gunn is behind it. If he is directing this, he's writing it. So I could see him bringing in Bizarro and Brainiac and again, Mister Mixoplex. Uh,
2: this one name that sticks out for me right now, and it's um, Manchester Black. Okay. He's a uh, telepathic asshole who hates Superman. <laughs> so maybe I, could, I don't know. I just, I, I just know like if I hear about a Superman movie, it doesn't like get the blood point pumping like say a Batman movie does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, Superman. I'll see what you got when it comes to DVD or something. But I'm not like racing through the theater to care about it. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with the cast as well. Mm-hmm. Who do you get to play Lois Lane? You know, who plays? Shit, who do you get to play Superman? Right. Like we say, Henry Cav- Cavill is not going to be in that. He's not wearing the tights anymore. So who who's going to be the man?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, other shows and movies in production, Creature Commandos. You ever heard of that before? I haven't all right basically it's a team of classic monsters that were assembled to fight the nazis in world war Two. Uh, it's gonna be anime series seven episodes uh, but like i said earlier they're gonna be looking for people who can do the animated side and the live action versions
1: so we'll see. And i think viola davis davis as amanda waller
2: yeah the waller will knock
1: it out of the park because i've I've liked her on screen and she's got a, I think she's got a really good voice for, for animated as mm-hmm. well. And that character, Amanda Waller has done very well.
2: I think the Waller one's going to be live action.
1: Right. But since they introduced Amanda Waller on, even on the CW shows, like that character has been, I think has been cast perfectly every time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think if you, if, as long as you have Viola Davis around for, you know, as long as you can, you know, how long you want to keep her, you know, keep her in that role, I think she's perfect for it.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, next one scene is called the, uh, just called Lanterns. Mm-hmm. It's a new Greenlanders TV series. Apparently, it's going to be like a true detective, a detective story with, um, who is it, Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan.
1: That's interesting.
2: They had been working on another Green Lanterns TV series that was going to be produced by Greg Berlanti, but apparently that's been shoved to the side. It says here, <laughs> they parted ways with them. I mean, Greg Berlanti kept that ship afloat on the CW.
1: He really did, man. And I, I really enjoyed mostly everything I saw on CW.
2: Mm-hmm. There are more hits than misses arrow Mm -hmm. got out at the right time flash just stayed a little too long sure this upcoming season will be the last one and then
1: i was about to ask is it still going
2: (laughs) yeah this is the last season right here um legends of tomorrow i feel like once they found their footing um they it was all gas no breaks Mm -hmm. yeah once they got rid of uh what's his name uh rip hunter and put Sarah Lance in control. That's when everything, that's when it was on fire. Uh, what the TV shows they have on there, I think. Black Lightning, fine, whatever. <laughs> Wasn't my favorite. Uh and Batwoman is like, well, what the hell happens when your when your lead role decides to leave? After the first season. Yeah. I thought they did pretty good. And I and I love the crossovers. I don't care what happened. Crisis on Infinite Earth is still my favorite one that they did.
1: I mean it was it was the perfect way to keep all of those shows relevant and uh you know to keep people tuning in. Because it's a matter of when is the crossover gonna happen, at what point during the seasons will the crossover happen, and when it does. Well, you have to watch all of the episodes. You've got to keep up. Yep. And they got me watching Legends (laughs) of
2: Tomorrow more than I anticipated. You're like, what's this, Legends of Tomorrow? (laughs) Four seasons, huh? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on, movie uh, The Authority. It's a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet. It's uh, from a 1990 run um, known as Wildstorm, run by that was formed that was run by um, what's his name Jim Lee. Okay. The it's a it's a team of superheroes that do anything to get the job done. They it, it kind of seems like what um, Zack Snyder was trying to pull off, but okay. Mm-hmm. All right, um, going on Paradise Lost. The TV show, as the uh, it's been described as a Game of Thrones style drama set on Themyscira, that's the birthplace of Wonder Woman, and apparently it says it's gonna be take place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. So, are are the Wonder Woman films still considered canon? That I, I don't know.
1: I mean. Because they want to keep Gal Gadot, but they're starting all over.
2: <laughs> yeah, so my this, I'd really wish they would just come out and just say what matters and what doesn't matter. Like the old from the old guard, like does all, all this canon, like all this stuff that happened in the Snyderverse, does that still work? Which Justice League movie do you guys consider the real one? Like, I'm just looking for an easy timeline for you guys to explain it so I can care. You right. Know? I'm um, fine. Okay. Alright, and so we'll get in a Batman and Robin movie with the title The Brave and the Bold. We'll get Batman and Damian Wayne as Robin. Okay. My only problem is I don't like Damian Wayne. <laughs> like, you're gonna give me a Robin, give me Tim Drake. Because he's the best Robin.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You cannot dispute this, because think about uh, if you think about um, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, their best moments come as Nightwing and Red Hood. The best Robin is Tim Drake, and I will heal no, no arguments about this. Um, also, we're getting the Batman sequel, the Batman Part Two. This does have a release date, October 3rd, 2025
1: yeah will this be is this part of the dcu
2: so apparently the batman sequel oh that's right he didn't watch the video so the batman the joker universe one with joaquin phoenix and like teen titans go they're all underneath the elsewhere elseworld sorry elseworld title so they're not part of the dcu okay they're in their own little universe I mean, we both love the first the Batman movie, and we're so I'm all in for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll always go see a Batman movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Booster Gold, HBO Max series. What do you know about Booster Gold?
1: Nothing. <laughs> I don't know anything about. <laughs> basically, ninety uh, percent of these uh, announcements. Yeah.
2: Uh, Booster Gold, I remember because I saw him on the. um Justice League cartoons, which by the way are leaving HBO Max. Wow, Justice League, yeah, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I think either today or yesterday, the last days on HBO Max. But basically, he's like this loser from the future who uses future technology and you know, um, knowledge of the past to like come back and pretend to be a hero, and eventually he actually learns how to be an actual hero.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's an interesting concept. Um, I'd like to see who they get as the actor. Uh, cause it's gotta be someone who can pull off like being a smarmy dick. <laughs> and when I say that, the first name that comes to my mind is Ryan Reynolds. But I think he's a little long in the tooth to play this role. Sure. And um, next movie, Superman: Woman of Tomorrow. Superwoman. Superwoman. I'm sorry. Supergirl. Supergirl. God damn. We all miss this. <laughs> Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So it's, it's, um, it's taken from the recent Tom King miniseries. And we all know the story of Superman. He was sent to Earth and raised by the Kent and all that. Well, Supergirl was raised on the rock like a chip of Kry- Kry- uh, Krypton. And for the first, like, 14, 50 years of her life, watched everyone she cared about just die and in, like, horrible and awful ways and then come to Earth. So it's not going to be the happy, joy, joyous Supergirl that we're used to, which is fine. Like I said, you got to have light and dark in all your properties. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think people have too much of an opinion on Supergirl to care either way. I agree. And then, last thing, Swamp Thing. You know, yeah, they just had a Swamp Thing TV show on HBO Max, which was good until it got canceled.
1: Okay, I was gonna ask how was it, but yeah. But then again, you know what wasn't what isn't getting the boot on HBO
2: Max. Yeah. Even the things that are underneath the DC man are just disappearing. I think there was was only one season. Let me double check. Yeah. it, It came out in 2019. 10 episodes. And this is from Wikipedia. Shortly after its premiere, DC Universe announced that Swamp Thing had been cancelled. God damn. Imagine your show premieres in like a week later. Your boss is like, oh yeah, we're done with this.
3: <laughs> Alright.
2: So I remember you said uh, before we started recording that you had some questions for me about the DCU. So lay them on me big boy.
1: Well, my, my only question is you know how confident are you in in james gunn you know taking over
2: not at all like why would i be confident in it in a universe that's been rebooted twice
3: mm-hmm.
2: and james gunn like i love what he's done with the guardians of the galaxy and his uh suicide squad, squad movie but it's like Zack Snyder you've been a director like have you ever had this much power to where you're in control of an entire universe
1: so I'm glad I'm not the only one you know we might be in the minority I think because he does have a lot of goodwill mm-hmm. just based on what he's done with those those other franchises but this is, this is a big undertaking man
2: like, and um... when stuff comes out and it starts, you know, getting reviews and it's being reviewed good, and I will feel more confident. But it's like, I have to see it to believe it. That's where mm-hmm. DC is with me. I, I I wouldn't care who's in charge. Like, even if they came out and were like, oh, we hired Kevin Feige away from Marvel. I still would feel the same exact way. It's <laughs> like, guys, I need to see it. I need to see it in theaters, on TV, on my PlayStation, Xbox. I have to see it to believe it. hmm. That's what level they are right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm again I'm glad I'm the only one that feels this way. You know, it's just like it's a lot for you know one or two people to uh to be in charge of and um you know who are traditionally Mostly writers and directors, not actual producers.
2: And there are just a lot of projects they have planned that I'm like, okay, if that's who you want to go with. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll believe. And the big, I mean, I'll be
1: honest, the big problem for me is my interest in these, most of these franchises is is waning. mm -hmm. My interest in superhero movies in general is waning. I, I don't really. That, that may be something that me, me and you disagree on, but I don't, you know, I'm I'm waiting for, you know, I know it's not DC, but I, I'm waiting for what they do with Fantastic Four. I'm waiting for what Marvel does with the X-Men. And then that's it. I don't really need to see anything else. I don't need any of these other movies that they've planned. I have no interest in a good chunk of what I've heard. And these characters for, for DC, I, I don't, like I don't know how interested I am. Like, you know,
2: you got the dreaded how, superhero fatigue.
1: I think I think that's what it's boiled down to. I mean, you know, we started this. Well, I mean, we've I started this DC journey, you know, thirty some odd years ago now with <laughs> you know Batman eighty nine. Um. And you know, watched all of the Batman movies, you know, in the '90s, good and bad. Uh, Superman again, you know, good and bad. <laughs> um, and then it's just—I don't know. It just—it just like, what more could they do at this point to really draw me in?
2: Yeah, I—I I, I understand your point. I can understand like seeing superhero movies over and over again would would get tiresome you know you see like I say anything that you repeat over and over again you're gonna get tired of it which and- one thing I'm glad like the Marvel superhero movies like they do have different themes mm-hmm. like you can't sit here and tell me that guardians of the galaxy captain america the winter soldier and ant-man are all the same because they all have different themes one's about family one's a spy thriller and the other one's a heist movie right like they're all superhero movies but they all have different themes Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm still like i'm still pumped to see this movie like i'm ready to see ant-man 3 i want to see kang put um scott lane in the dirt i'm ready for it
1: I will say I, I am. Int- that's one that's caught my eye. That uh, I am interested to see what what they do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because Kang is going to be a problem. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. But I can understand you being fatigued about about movies. I basically I understand if like getting fatigued when we're getting like bad superhero movies, like. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about DC, not everything has been a hit, hit, and the same thing can be said with Marvel. Like I've enjoyed Phase Four a lot more than other people have, and I understand it. I'm not gonna.
1: And, a- and another thing for me, I think, is like I don't, I, I don't need these new superheroes, right? I don't need mm-hmm. all the all of them. And then also, like. I want to. I'm more interested in the villains to see what they do, how they present these villains, how do they make them interesting and um, posed as real threats, you know, to Ant Man, to uh, Thor, to whoever.
2: Yeah. But, uh... And to the
1: to the credit of DC, or at least to Christopher Nolan and Matt Reeves, they. Uh, they made up for a lot of fuck ups in the nineties, mm-hmm. whether it was intentional or not. But Christopher Nolan got Two Face right, got Bane right. Um, compared to, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and that guy, that bodybuilder that played Two Face and and Bane. And then Matt Reeves got the Riddler right, dude. Compared to that terrible Jim Carrey performance, he got it right. And they've made up for some epic failures, in my opinion. Um, And made those villains interesting. And so that's what I want to see. I want to see who does Batman, who do do Batman and Robin face next? Who does Superman face? You know, who's going to, you know how are they gonna, you know, make that interesting and and pose a threat to him?
2: All right. I have a two part answer to this. My first one is um, we talk about like the heroes, and you're like you don't need all the heroes. I the only thing I say about that is like it's the same thing in the comic book industry. Okay. It's like we don't need all these heroes because not all these heroes are for us. Like there are some heroes that are just gonna hit different for us sure. being, you know, millennials and say Gen Z or um <laughs> you know boomers and you know a different different race and everything like sure. I love Spider Man, but my favorite Spider Man is Miles Morales right now. Mm-hmm. And somebody else be like, oh, Peter Parker is my Spider Man, and that's fine. And, you know, they have all these different heroes in the comics and the movies for, for a bunch of people to latch on to.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, if you're a Pakistani girl, Miss Marvel may be the best thing you've seen ever because it's someone who looks and thinks and talks like you do, lives some of the yeah. same situations you do. So not everything's for us, but I will definitely agree with you on part number two. The villains make a superhero because who are the the two characters that we always see in movies from both DC and Marvel? It's Spider-Man and Batman, and they have the best rogues gallery.
1: They really do. And they've Uh, expanded upon them. They have really dug into them mm -hmm. since they've started the, started these movies you know with uh you know all with batman 80, 89 like you knew it was gonna be the joker like it had to be the joker but then you know they started digging immediately for part two spider-man same thing you know it had you could
2: you could have legit, you could have a legit argument over who is spider-man's greatest villain and be right on either one you take yeah absolutely Like, if someone said Green Goblin, I'd be like, I agree with you. I say it's Otto Octavius because he freaking took over his body for a year.
1: I think I'd agree with you there.
2: Yeah. But you're 100% right. Like, you need to have a great villain in order to make a great hero.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the problem with Superman, it's like, he doesn't have a necessarily great lineup of villains, of foes.
2: Yeah. It's we read a,
1: that list and we're like, "Who's that? I don't know that guy. Who's that? Who's that? Yeah, oh, she is. Who's
2: that? What's going on?" Here? It's a mixture of that, and he's too damn strong for his own good. Right. Yeah. But, but I'm like, I like. Sir, you asked me earlier how I feel about. It. I'm. I'm just going to sit and watch. You know. Right, they got two years to prepare. You know, the first DCU movie is going to be that Superman movie, and it's not coming out to twenty twenty five. Yeah, God, that feels like a made up year. <laughs> <laughs> and really, at the end of the day,
1: we can mm-hmm. talk about all of these movies all we want. Mm-hmm. We can talk about casting decisions, uh, writing. You know, uh, you know who they employed to, to write and direct and edit and all this stuff. But at the end of the day. It's not going to make any difference until I see a trailer, you know? Because it might be a director that I might not like. I'm like, oh, that guy stinks. I don't like anything he's ever done. But he might, he or she might knock it out of the park for, for a movie, for a superhero movie. And I see the trailer, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go see that, mm-hmm. you know? It is fun to speculate and complain and all that good stuff. <laughs> but, you know, when it gets down to brass taxes, like, you know, I got. I got to see something, you know. I got to see, you know, what what they have in store, um, and that seems like a long way. Like yeah. it'll go by quickly if you know you. If you hope for it, um, cause that's just how life is. It moves pretty quickly these days. Um, but, um, yeah, just until then, it's, it's just a waiting game until until. You know, I see, watch the new trailer during the Super Bowl or yeah. uh, Monday Night Football or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah,
2: until, until it, like you said, until the tra- trailer comes out, until people are actually in the theater mm-hmm. <laughs> because they shot that whole Batgirl movie and that's never seen the line of day. <laughs> no. I, I remember when they were talking about making a, um, a Nightwing movie.
3: You see mm-hmm. how far
2: that got. But you're right, we'll, we'll wait and see. All right, so let's move on. Let's get to what we originally had discussed. Talk about wrestling. Yeah, last Saturday was the first paper. Well, okay, not paper. Premium live event of WWE schedule. the the twenty twenty three Royal Rumble. Um, we both watched. What grade would you give this Royal Rumble? Give me a letter grade. I'll give it,
1: I got to give it an A minus because the pitchbox match, you know.
2: <laughs> the, again, that, that was like they took someone in WWE who went took their kids to play laser tag and was like, oh, this looks fun.
1: And again, it's all surrounding Bray Wyatt, the the, you know, the infrared match that he had with Seth Rollins, you know. <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, you know, it's like...
2: No, that wasn't Saudi. That was a Hell in a Cell match.
1: Or where, but, Yeah, wherever it was. But it's like, just let this guy wrestle. Let him wrestle, you know?
2: I have what I think is a, a take about Bray Wyatt. I think he's great until the bell rings. Like, everything, the presentation, I enjoyed everything, but when the matches start, it's like, well you can't hurt this guy right so what's the point of this Mm -hmm. like eventually becomes like your question well why is not he just challenging for the title and just reigning over wwe forever because he he just brushes off pain
1: i get it i i um I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I see. I hear exactly what you're saying. Because where do you go with that? Where do you go with that character? You know. And then for them to build it for so long, and then to for you know for this to be his first match, I don't mind the opponent mm-hmm. because La Knight I think did an outstanding job keeping up on the mic, making himself seem unlikable, even though he probably shouldn't be the unlikable one. You know, he, he's the one that's getting attacked. He's the one, you know, that he never fully instigated, you know, the whole thing. But, you know, he's he showed, you know, what was... Uh, he, he, he reminded people that they, you know, they wasted a lot of his time with the the model gimmick, yeah, the modeling agent gimmick, you know, the maximum male models or whatever time that he could have been honing, you know, or really, um,
2: I would say building a connection with the remaining right. roster because Perfect. I saw the LA Knight, um, persona in NXT and I don't. And the entire time, I was like, this guy's made for the main roster. And then they get him up there and immediately change his gimmick.
1: Let me talk to you. To start every promo, mm-hmm. it catches you right away. And then to just drop that simple word, yeah. 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 It, and what happens? Everybody in unison recites it back. That's how you know you've Connected with the audience when you've got them, you know, repeating well, you gotta, what you say, or well, you got a
2: kick-ass, you got a kick-ass catchphrase, yeah,
1: and people acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with him being in the feud. I just the match itself is just like you know what's going to happen, like or you know the outcome, but then uh you know, man, you know why do I want to put. Why put all this strain on my this extra strain on my eyes, man? I don't. <laughs> I
2: already have astigmatism. I don't need to make it worse. <laughs> right. Yeah, Bray ride probably moves a lot of merch, and he's big and um, you know, in the crowds and everything. But when you just watch on TV, like five minutes, that's the bathroom break. That's the take your dog out for a walk during the review <laughs> break. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, other than that match, and again, it wasn't a bad match. It just, and it's not a, it's just kind of a bad gimmick match. Like,
2: you know, it's bad. I'll, for I'll us. watch a
1: street fight. I'll watch a street fight any day, a street fight <laughs> match any day. But I don't need neon lights and dark lights. You know.
2: You know, I'm thinking that might be a bad for us, but I'm pretty sure there are kids who enjoy the hell out of that, just like laser tag. <laughs> sure. Uh, Other matches of the night, um, Bianca Belair defeating Alexa Bliss. Um, I have a hot take about Alexa Bliss as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I love her, love her character work. When she's in the ring, it feels like she's moving like a quarter of the speed, speed that she needs to be. Like Bianca Belair is in fifth gear and Alexa Bliss can only get up to four. Like, that's the best way i say. She seems slow compared to these new up-and-comers.
1: Sure. I think she... I think it, that kind of tends to be you are um, overthinking your steps, trying to get it right, you know, to a T. And... um It's like it's not easy, and it's not easy going up against a highly athletic person, someone as highly athletic as Bianca Belair, um, as Charlotte Flair. You know, um,
2: it's like she's a center right now, and she's being asked to guard Giannis or Embiid. It's like what (laughs) the fuck? I've never seen him do something like this. Exactly. Like and that's the shape because I really like Alexa Bliss. I've liked her character work for a while now ever since she made it to the main roster mm-hmm. and her her heel, her original heel gimmick it's just uh, she just seems slow to me. Like she's just sure. being outpaced by the new generation, the new guard. Um so let's talk about the Royal Rumble matches before we get to the main event. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh
1: we can talk about
2: the Women's. All right, this is the women's. So Rhea Ripley wins for the number one position lasting an hour over an hour, hour, one minute in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this w- went exactly like the men's. It's like this is who everyone predicted who was gonna win, but it was still mm-hmm. a great story, so I'm not gonna complain. When you when you can uh...
1: When you find a way to entertain people despite the predictability, you've done a great job. Mm. And I think that's that goes for both matches. Because yeah, who else who else was gonna win that women's match? Rhea was built to be the strongest she was built to be in the strongest position of anybody, even starting at number one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Even when she started when I was thinking you know I, I didn't I didn't uh, my confidence in her probability winning never wavered. And it was a great match. I mean it, it had you know
2: yeah, um, Damage Control run the match for a good half yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a nice little pop for Rox, uh, Roxanne Perez, the NXC champion. Uh, she only got four minutes because they didn't want her to stay in there too long, get hurt, right? But I, I believe she's from San Antonio or around the mm-hmm. area, I believe so. And she trained in Houston, mm-hmm. Booker T, born Laredo.
1: Yeah. Okay, and uh, you know, uh, Raquel Rodriguez is from uh, the Valley as well. You know, she's a native Texan.
2: La Fenia, Texas? I don't even know where that is. <laughs> and then,
1: um, would you say the Women's Rumble had more surprises than the Men's Rumble? I feel like.
2: Yeah, because I think the big surprises were Chelsea Green Mm-hmm. Even though it's been rumored that she's been signed for WWE for a couple of weeks now, uh, Michelle McCool coming out of the crowd, which was a
1: cool spot. It was yeah. a cool little spot.
2: I always enjoy whenever the wrestler comes out in front of their kids and does their, their job. Is like, mm-hmm. like when I like her kids don't remember her, you know, her wrestling heyday when she was running the division, right? But she's out here of her kids. I love that. And then Nia Jax big surprise big surprise even big surprise that they completely fucked up the countdown <laughs> ooh
1: boy they they jumped the gun by what 7 seconds I
2: yeah think? something like that yeah cuz the count I, I i think it was earlier than that because i think the music started before the countdown even started mm-hmm. that was awesome hey Ha, ha whoops. And then all the, the female wrestlers just beating up on her, tossing her out. Right. I'm, a, I'm on Wikipedia and it shows like who eliminated what wrestler got eliminated by who. And Onaya Jackson says eliminated by Oscar, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, <laughs> Michelle McCool, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, Raquel Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley, Shotzi, and Sonya Deville. It'd be easier just to say all of them. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: Piper Niven. I was surprised to see get her original gimmick back.
2: Yes, and I'm glad for that because she was amazing when she was running things in um in uh, NXT UK. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to let her be that heel again, which would be fun to see. Um, I'm not sure how much they'll do with her and um, um, uh, Bianca because we already seen that. Um, let's see what. what wow Oscar! returned
1: oh. with the uh, not necessarily sort of the killer clown gimmick, but demon uh,
2: clown gimmick. Yeah, yeah, that's my um That's my um pick for who's gonna take Bianca on at WrestleMania. Interesting, and I'll be sad and... because because Oscar definitely can take that title away from her.
1: <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if if I had to pick a big surprise mm-hmm. from that match, it was how early Becky got eliminated. Becky, was... she was eliminated midway through. I want to say. Yeah,
2: she only spent ten minutes and forty five seconds in the match because she eliminated both Dakota and Io, then
1: mm-hmm. got
2: eliminated by Bailey, and then we saw Bailey get eliminated by uh, Liv Morgan. Right. But again,
1: you know, it's only—it's a surprise only just because you're so used to seeing her and Bailey, you know, out there for so long. You know, getting towards the end,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's—it's not—it's not any in any way indicating that they are moving on from those characters. It's it, you know, it's—it's it's only going to help their stories, their rivalry. Oh, did but you it not, also, Did
2: you not see what happened on Monday? I have not.
1: <laughs> but it, it helps set the table for the next wave. Like, you can have Michelle McCool as one of the final 10, you know, eight or whatever, because you know she's not going to win. But when you have Liv Morgan, when you have Asuka, when you have Rhea Ripley as, like, your final three, you know, that's big, like, because it does – it sort of takes away some predictability mm-hmm. because the easy choice could always you could always go back to Bailey winning or to Becky winning, you know, whether you think they deserve it or not. Well, Those you are can always
2: say, easy choices. You can always say they deserve it because sure because of their name, but they have a storyline going on. Next week they're yeah. going to have a, the actual Hell to Cell match that they missed out on Raw thirty, and then you miss Monday when. Bailey was just going in on um, on uh, Becky. Bay- uh, one part of she was like, "No one likes you, even your husband. The only reason he married you because he knocked you up." Oh, oh, oh.
3: <laughs> Ooh.
2: those are some fighting words. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Becky was just challenging Bailey for the Hell in a Cell. Ma- the I think is it? no, it's just cage match. Cage okay. match, and. Uh, Bailey was no, no, I don't I'm not gonna do that. And so Becky said, All right, she went to the back, drug out um Dakota Kai with a chair, and was like, Are you gonna give him my match or do I have to bust Dakota's brains in? <laughs> and uh <laughs> Bailey was like, All right, right, I'll give you a match. And Becky's like, Cool, I'll be gone. You should go in the back and see and check on EO and see what I did to her. So Dang. Yeah. That's why I wasn't really worried about um when they had to cancel their match for Raw 30 mm-hmm. because like this is going to be in service of the story. They're going to keep the story going. Like, yeah, it sucks that they didn't have that match because the bloodline went over time apparently, but I was like, you look right. at that Raw 30 and you look at everything that happened, you tell me what you're going to cut. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, you're definitely not gonna cut the bloodline stuff. That's the highest thing going. You're not gonna cut any of the segments that you tape with the um, um, with the alum- alumni that you brought in because you're not gonna bring them in and pay them to not use them. Right. And I don't care what anyone has to say. That DX Imperium um, interaction was hilarious. It was great. Yeah. So I was like, I, what do you cut? I'm sorry it had to be them, but that's the storyline. You cut that, you build into the storyline, you have it next week, and I wouldn't be surprised if like they keep this going all the way to WrestleMania. Like, make this a blood feud.
1: No, it's, I mean, there's... it. Uh... WrestleMania needs a match like that anyways. Where there are really no stakes, just...
2: Hatred, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. <laughs> yeah, and that give us like what four women's matches for WrestleMania? Cause we're gonna get both championship matches. Becky versus Bailey, and then um, the women's tag team championships.
1: Which that'll that'll probably be a uh you know, like a Fatal four way, five way, something mm-hmm. like that to get to get as many people on on
2: the show. I feel like we don't have to use that excuse anymore now that WrestleMania is two nights.
1: Well, they still make it four or five hours each. Yeah,
2: which I'm fine with. It's WrestleMania.
1: As long as they're stretching it out to two nights, I'm fine. Yeah. I can't do eight hours all at once. No, my body will shut down. My brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love wrestling, but I, I can't consume it for that know. long.
2: Yeah, even this uh, pay-per-view was going on. Speaking of which, why the fuck did they have a concert <laughs> right before the main event?
1: Hey, man, I, I'm i still trying to figure that one out.
2: Like, either do that at the beginning of the show or don't do it at all.
1: See, I'm I'm leaning more towards option B. Don't ever do that again. Don't bring in that, or at least just don't bring that performer in. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think people have this misconception about Texas that it's just hit country all over the place, and it's like, not in the big cities, it's not. Especially not in San Antonio. That's brown as hell. And not even that.
1: And not only that. Mm -hmm. But to quote Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust, a.k.a. The Natural, a native Texan, someone that I was, you know, was authority on country music, uh, I will, you know, cede, uh, you know, uh-huh. precedence over.
0: Because
1: uh-huh. I like country music, but I don't, I don't follow it, you know, I don't listen to it regularly. I'm a casual country listener. But to quote Dustin Rose, that wasn't country. I don't know what the hell that was.
2: Country ain't been country in a minute. Country has turned to pop music. Let's be honest. Mm. They ain't singing like they used to. Ain't no George Strait. Ain't no Tim McGraw out here no more. It is Papa Jace.
1: The country music I love is the country music that talks about fighting and drinking and loving and fighting and drinking and loving.
2: And the stuff they got now, it's like... <laughs> am I listening to a country station or am I listening to the top 100 hits? <laughs> it, it don't hit the same no more. Nope. That's been your country music presented by a black man and a Hispanic man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Yeah. WWE, if you're going to do the concerts, either Doom at the beginning or like... Doom get like, someone better. Well, yeah. Okay. Get someone better. I was going to say... Or, like, make them part of someone's entrance like you do at WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's move over to the men's rumble. Best men's rumble match of all time? Ooh, that's high praise.
1: Well, no, I guess those night, mid-90s ones with Shawn Michaels winning, with Austin winning. I, uh,
2: yeah, the The problem with those is if you go back and look at the people that were in those matches, like Mm -hmm. right after the steroid trial and everything, (laughs) there was not much of a roster. It was basically oh, oh, I know who's going to win this because they're definitely going not going to allow you to win. There was a lot of that energy going on in the nineties and early nineties. And you're like, yeah, the story was built for Cody Rhodes to win, but I. If they had changed it and gave it to someone else, like you know, uh, Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zane, Well, Sammy Zayn's in it, like AJ Styles is in it. People had there were other people. But yeah, but this this uh Royal Rumble's great, gave us a lot of storylines to look forward to. Um there's something we gotta talk about that I'm sure people don't want to talk about. Guys, Logan Paul. He's that dude, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> you may not like him. Well, I know you guys don't like him because of what's going on, you know, on YouTube and this, him being a stupid um, kid. But when he's in that ring, he's one of one. Can't deny him
1: at this. I mean, you, you haven't been able to deny him since WrestleMania last year. I was, I was all in in terms of. Bringing him back to wrestle, you know, as much as you want.
2: Yeah, because every match he's been in has had a highlight moment in it. And she it, it keeps upping the stakes. Yes. That crash course he had with Ricochet, both of them through the springboard. Like, that, that was the pop of the Rumble. And it's like we've said before, when it comes to things like wrestling... And celebrities, if you want to have a good performance, you got to go out there and get the celebrities that are willing to die for this shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Logan Paul is willing to go, out, like Bad Bunny, willing to go, willing to go out there, train, and be the best of this shit, and prove that it, it's not just like I'm here for a paycheck or I'm here to get my name in, in the lights or in the zeitgeist. Where it's like I really enjoy this stuff. I really want to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what Logan Paul. Is I will,
1: I'm willing to be thrown around by Brock Lesnar, who hmm. outweighs me by probably two and a half times.
2: Yeah. I'm willing to go in here and do whatever it takes to put him on a good show. And he's proven that time after time after time. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, and the
1: one thing I like the the one thing that made this a great rumble that. You know, despite the predictability, um, were the big spots. I mean, to have those spots with, you know, Logan Paul and Ricochet, Gunther and Brock Lesnar facing off.
2: Let's start at the beginning. Gunther and Seamus starting off the match. Starting off the match. And then Gunther
1: going all the way until the very end.
2: Lasts an hour and 11 minutes. Like, it is such a great job telling so many stories in mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble. And that's more important than any, like, special, like, um, appearances by anybody. Like, what's the story? Gunther and Sheamus continuing their rivalry from Ca- Clash at the Castle. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley continuing <laughs> their rivalry. Right. Seth Rollins getting eliminated by Logan Paul, which is definitely going to be the WrestleMania match hmm uh also uh Dominic Mysterio taking out Ray Mysterio
1: Ray might finally being open to that match
2: mm-hmm. uh and also the um Judgment day just running things until edge comes down and start eliminating folks
1: mm-hmm. helping Dominic making Dominic look you know formidable in mm-hmm. in the match you know. And then my biggest takeaway from the the entire thing was for the whole both matches was that um, Logan Paul was a surprise in the sense that you kind of forgot he, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about him because you're kind of hoping or you're kind of expecting some of the rumored names that you'd heard, you know.
2: And also his injury that he sustained in Saudi Arabia, it sounded like he wouldn't be able to go. Luckily, it wasn't as bad as everyone feared.
1: And as soon as he got in the ring, he was jumping around and stomping the ground to show you that knee is just fine.
2: Ah, to be in your 20s again. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> uh, th- the fact that for both the matches, you didn't have to rely on the legends. Like, it really felt like moving forward, helping these... St- like. Helping Rhea become a big star with her performance, helping Gunther, even though he didn't win, helping Gunther being a big star by you know with his performance. The only drawback for him is that he has to wait until Friday, you know, to be um to be highlighted again because he's on SmackDown.
2: Yeah, but that the- might be
1: the only thing that goes against yeah. him is that they right. weren't able to
2: I would say, but the good thing is everybody's going to be waiting to watch Friday because of what the main event, which we'll get of to. Course, in a minute. Of
1: course, of uh, course. But you know, you didn't have to go get Steve Austin or The Rock or you know any of these, any of those old timers that you know. Look, their time has their time has come and gone, you know. Yeah. And sure, you have. Two nights of what seventy five thousand people each. You got to fill, SoFi Stadium. You know the 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 build of, you know the the billing of it being WrestleMania Hollywood. You know the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. I get all that, but they proved that they didn't need any of that stuff to make it interesting. They no. put on two great Rumble matches. With predictable outcomes that weren't boring. And then the main event. Main event was a true main event that, like you said, people are going to tune in on Friday to see what's next.
2: Yeah. I just want to talk about, like, people want, well, you know what? This is a problem. It's just what goes on online, like on social media, like on Twitter, isn't what people in the audience that show up actually care about. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen it time and time again. Like, right now, people online are complaining about Cody Rhodes people, they were like, oh, well, when they come back, when he comes back, the people are going to turn on him and boo, on him, boo him and everything. And like, he has his first appearance on Raw since his injury and the place goes electric for that guy. Like, what's happening in real life does not it doesn't match up with what people are saying online.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And one thing I was talking about like, I talk people talk about, Oh, what are, we're no surprises, no special guests or whatever. It's like, who, who the hell did you want to show up? Like, I want to know what's right. like, who, like, give me a list of names of people, of wrestlers that can conceivably show up. Out in the men's world rumble. Like, I want to know who are these, these people that you were hoping, begging to see. Because it wasn't going to any, be anybody from AEW, it wasn't going to be anybody from any of the other com- companies. The rumor is out there that uh, Jay White, wrestler from um, New Japan, he's coming to WWE. Well, his contract's not up yet. And there's no reason for New Japan to let him go a couple of days early just to make tw- um, online wrestling fans happy. Like, it, it people want something, but then we ask them, "What exactly do you want?" And it comes like, "Well, I don't know. They need to do something."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: no what they need to do is have a plan and follow that plan
1: follow through with it yeah
2: yeah and, and like if the rock doesn't show up to Royal rumble it's fine because we have a plan if he doesn't show up to wrestlemania that's fine we have a plan like he's probably not coming to the wrestlemania except for like a um a cameo that's it and that's fine because they they have storylines. They have a plan. They have the ability to drive people to the arena because people have wrestlers that they want to see.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All, all that other stuff is it doesn't matter anymore like this is what you want you want your wrestling company be it wwe or AEW or impact or whoever to have a plan and be able to see it out and not have to rely on special attractions to come in and boost up boost up ratings and and um and um attention Mm -hmm. and that's what wwe has now under triple h
1: and i'll admit man going into the show before the show started i was like not anticipating the rumors, but I was just like, okay, you know, yeah, you'll probably get the rock. You might get, there was a rumor that, you know, Austin could show up and win and face Roman. And I was like, you know what? I get it. Like you have, you have to fill up SoFi Stadium. You got to sell out SoFi stadium two nights in a row in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, you know, the whole world watching. And, you know, that's what WrestleMania, like I, I was, I've started to accept that WrestleMania is is for the absolute casual fan, and that the only way to really get the most eyeballs on it is to book a big celebrity or to book, you know, someone from the old school days, you know, a part time that it that the main event is reserved for a full timer to face off against a part timer, mm-hmm. and they proved on Saturday that you you don't need that actually. They they proved they didn't need to do it. They don't need to do that. They don't need Boston to come back to headline or The Rock to come back and headline. Or um or you know, even John Cena, you know, like you you know, they can come back Mm -hmm. and be on the periphery, you know, celebrating the, the new the new era, you know, the new wave of talent.
2: I wouldn't say this. This is how how little WWE needs the stars of yesteryear. This is a story that came out on January the 2nd. WWE is on the verge of hitting a huge milestone for WrestleMania 39 tickets. Without a single match announced, WWE has already sold 100,000 tickets <laughs> right. for the two-night event. Yeah. This is what happens when people have confidence in your ability to tell a story. They're going to be sold out. And they've only announced two matches so far mm-hmm. Reigns versus um, um, Cody Rhodes and uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. There's only two matches that have been announced so far. And it's all it's already a guaranteed sellout at so far for both nights right like you see it in like okay do we really need like yeah it'd be great it'd be nice to have the rock there it'd be nice to have Austin there but it's like do we really need them we have the stories already
1: and they proved that no you don't need them yeah. I mean it's nice to you know see you know to see your name on what you know
2: cares what entertainment tonight you know Yeah, that's nice and all what's even better that money <laughs> yeah yeah good so let's get to the main event the theater the masterpiece that yeah. brought me damn near to tears Roman Reigns defeats Kevin Owens we all knew that was coming but we did not see was the aftermath of that match? Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn finally pulling the trigger, getting the bloodline before they turn on him, hitting Roman Reigns in the back with a chair, which has got to be just like, what the, it's got to be like just the worst feeling Roman because that's exactly what happened to him like eight years ago. Yeah, with he's got to stop. He's got to stop t- on
1: people with chairs.
2: Yeah, he's got to their- stop <laughs> turning his back on people with chairs. It's people that he <laughs> It's got to be traumatic. Or-
1: Even for a tribal chief.
2: Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn picks his side, gets super kicked to hell by um, uh, Jimmy Uso, gets beat up by Sola, gets beat up by Roman. The one person who doesn't lay a finger on him. Jay Uso
1: cool. The one person who didn't like him from the jump. Which is mm-hmm. the most telling of the whole thing.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean after he hit Roman, Jay screaming, You were like my brother. You I loved you like a brother. And like, like the entire everything that happened after that match was incredible. Like I, Just- I yeah, the match itself was good. Also, please, for love of God, Kevin Owens, stop taking those stair <laughs> bumps. Bumps on the steps. Yeah, I was waiting to
1: see a pool of blood.
2: Yeah, because he had two in this match, and he had one on Raw a while back. I can't remember who did too. I'm thinking maybe Austin Theory, but someone hit him, did that same thing to him on Raw. I'm like, please, for your safety, for your children, <laughs> stop taking that bump. That's just, I don't care if you get your hands back in time to shield your head. It looks too scary. It looks like the CTE is forming every time that happens.
1: Yeah, no, forget his kids and his family. Like I'm, I'm thinking about my own stomach. <laughs> like, how much how much more of this can I handle? I can't. This is. <laughs> disgusting to watch
2: yeah you slam my head against some steel steps. the match is over because i'm unconscious <laughs> yeah once again roman reigns he's the straw that stirs the wwe drink um amazing performance from everyone involved like god i like what can you say about the storyline that hasn't been said already uh
1: here Well, oh, here's my question that mm-hmm. i think people are starting to bring up. Is this the best storyline ever told in wrestling?
2: Man, that is...
1: There's a lot of wrestling that we haven't watched mm-hmm. just because we weren't around in the 70s and 80s and part of the 90s.
2: I'm trying to think what was a better, better story that I can just think off of the top of my head. Like it's gotta be something that involves Stone Cold, right? Like I hate to just be the person who's just stuck in the present without paying respect to the past. Mm. So I, I'm gonna cop out and be like, well, I have to think about it. Like I really have to think of, like, sit down, and think about all the storylines I've been. But it's definitely the best storyline that they've told in the past. I would say, ten years. Since
1: WrestleMania thirty, for sure. Since it's, the Daniel Bryan,
2: yeah, it's probably it's my favorite story that they told since they've told since Kofi Mania.
1: Ah, Kofi Mania, absolutely. The thing about Austin was that the the chase to the first title was fun, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't the best. You know, Shawn was on his way out. Because of injury, and you know, you brought in Tyson for the whole thing, and that made it fun and and you know, a great moment. But uh, anything involving Austin and, and McMahon, you know, that game of cat and mouse going back and forth, time and time again, I think, was strong as mm. at least early on in, in, at the beginning. Uh, but man, this uh, Kofi Mania, yeah, you're right, was excellent.
2: Um. But Kofi May is also like the Daniel Bryan situation is like they mm. kind of just stumbled on it. Meanwhile, right. this bloodline thing is more, is more planned, I guess you could say. Because yeah, apparently, they the kind
1: room, upon, they kind of stumbled upon Sami Zayn, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. I say because apparently, like this thing was only supposed to last like a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and it just got hot and kept going.
1: And Vince was no longer around to <laughs> put an <end> to it into <laughs> it. Okay, we're moving on from this guy,
2: you know. Yeah, it was just, oh the crowd loves this guy and it's working. Let's just keep on going, and it's just it's blown up to this this epic story. Mm-hmm. Right, it's definitely like I said, it's one of the best stories that they've told in the last what, 10, 15 years. It's been entertaining from start from start to finish. Well, it's not done yet. Like, I don't right. know like how they finish this. Cause I think like the most logical thing is like, oh well, Sammy and KO team up and they defeat the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team belts. Um, my question is, and I talked to you about this before, like, are we getting to the point where people would rather see Sammy and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania instead of Roman and Cody Rhodes?
1: Yes and no. And what I mean by that is this is not about Sami Zayn chasing after the title. Mm -hmm. And you could very well do Roman and Sami at WrestleMania, and here's apparently, the craziest part. Well, apparently We're, you're
2: doing Roman and Sammy at an Elimination Chamber next month. Right,
1: right. But you could do Roman and Sammy, and it being a big deal, a big story at WrestleMania.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in my opinion, you don't need the titles. That's a crazy thing that's not going to happen. But you wouldn't even need the titles. Like You could find a way to take them off Roman at some point In from now until then. Mm-hmm. And then set up the story for Cody to to win the title off whoever, you know, at Mania and have that big moment. But you could easily do Sami and Roman at WrestleMania just, you know, for the fate of the bloodline at stake or something like that, you know. And I have no problem with them doing it sooner at the Elimination Chamber with the title. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's On the line, that's fine. But the story has been so good. The buildup has been so good, and the, the tension between those two has been so good that um, I kind of want to see that match. I definitely want to see that match more than Roman and Cody. Um, and I'll just have to be content with seeing it a month earlier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's, there's no problem with that.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. That's one I, I think, think it's
1: you know. so good that you wouldn't even need the titles.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, all right.
2: It's um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see how far Seven Zane has gone. Come, Man. it's great because he's basically become a may may guide, but not just like bloodline gangster wise, but just WWE wise. Like I feel like they right. can, can trust him with anything. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it doesn't need the title. It's more of a respect thing, mm-hmm. or a fighting for honor thing, something like that uh it's i completely lost my train of thought if you can't tell that's why i'm rambling (laughs) because i had a thought while you were talking as soon as it became my time to talk that thought said oh it's a bird bye
1: (laughs) but but the whole your whole question your main question was you know about people wanting to see that match over cody and, and roman
2: yeah yeah
1: Which has a, they've already, they've already started telling a good storyline there. You know, Mm -hmm. there's more than one, you know, royal family in wrestling. You know, that's a great way to go about it. And -hmm. it'll be a good match. It'll be a really good match. Do I want to see Cody Rhodes be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns? See, that's the, that's another question. Do I want to see Cody Rhodes dethrone Roman Reigns? I don't know do I want to see Cody Rhodes become world champion, you know, accomplish something, you know, that, that Dusky wasn't able to do in, in WWE, at least WWF. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I do, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to see him. I don't know if they've built Roman up so well Mm -hmm. that, and, and with his new schedule, that he, you know, was uh, bes- that was bestowed that he was able to to work out. He he really does feel like a changing of the guard type of character. That an up and comer, you'd you kind of want to rather see a new star dethrone mm-hmm.
2: him. Because it, my question becomes: if not Cody, then who?
1: Right. No, that, no, exactly. Because I think it's still too soon for Braun Breaker. I think it's still... Uh, any number of, of wrestlers in NXT. It's still well,
2: too yeah. early. There's one guy I'm thinking about. He currently has the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Like, give me Imperium versus the Bloodline. Or if we're not going with a uh, with a young guy, if you want if you want to see something else, then let's reform the blood um not blood but the um the heart business her business bloodline let's go that way. Mm-hmm. Like those are the only because I'm I'm thinking like it's got to be a person like that can have some kind of backup, you know? Because the bloodline is gonna do what they do, right? And either Gun Gun Gunther Gunth with Imperium. Or um, Bobby Lashley with the Hurt Business. Those are the two that I can see like actually standing a threat to Roman Reigns.
1: Mm-hmm. All a lot to consider, man. That's that's for sure. Yeah. But as it stands, getting Cody and Roman at Mania for the titles, mm-hmm. which is fine. It'll be a good match. And then it uh, looks like, yeah, we'll get Sammy and Roman at, at the Elimination Chamber, which... Be a very good. Hopefully, will be. No, it will be a great story told because mm-hmm. they're they're firing on all cylinders with this story, and they're you know even with this major change in development, doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon.
2: I agree, man. Um, are there any WrestleMania matches that you would like to see? Um.
1: Not at the moment. I mean, I feel like Logan Paul and Seth Rollins will be a lock. And I think that'll be a good match. Um, no, not not really. Because do I want to see Lesnar and Gunther or Lesnar and Lashley?
2: I'm saying you do Lesnar and Lashley at WrestleMania and do Les um, Lesnar and Gunther at uh, SummerSlam. Okay, I can I can live with that.
1: But you know, other than that, like I don't I don't know. Does Pat McAfee get involved again? Does he get another match? Oh, we didn't
2: even talk about Pat coming back, which apparently was a surprise for everyone. Like those reactions that you got from uh, Michael Cole and <laughs> um, uh, Corey Graves. Name? Corey Graves, like 100 authentic. They had no idea he was coming. It was great. It was a great moment, for sure. Yeah. And Pat coming back, it's like, oh, I didn't realize how much I missed this. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm just wondering, is that a one-off, or is it just going to be for pay-per-views, or is he going to be completely open to come back on Friday night since there's no more college football? Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's the last one. I'd like to see that guy back every Friday.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Graves has done an admirable job. Yeah. Pulling double duty. duty. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, he's done a great job, yeah. But there's nothing like having Pac McAfee and Michael Cole together. And, man, I said it before, and I'll say it again. We got to give Michael Cole his flowers, man. Ever since he got Vince out of his ear, (laughs) he's shown why he's been the heir apparent um, when it comes to announced teams for he is the he's the dude, man. Mm-hmm. Like when they still got it. Yeah. Still great. They were having so much fun on um Saturday. Oh. <laughs> Especially when they were talking about uh Seamus and Drew McIntyre's <laughs> old teammate, right. why they couldn't call him the banger bros anymore. Like it was actually it wasn't like one of those uh king segments where there's was a lot of forced laughter. No, they were actually having fun out there.
1: Let's keep saying it as much and
2: as as often as we can. Mm-hmm weekend well, we can. they can't right yeah uh that's all I got what you, you got anything else for man
1: that's it for me man I, it was it was a great weekend of uh wrestling football it was you know it was cool uh mm-hmm. it was it was a good good last weekend of the month yeah I was highly sports entertained <laughs> all weekend
2: yes I feel like that um, you know, maybe it's jinxing it, but I feel it's like gonna be the new normal going from going from now on when Hunter in control, as long as he stays in control. Right. Oh, had you uh guy, you heard the story about Vince? Like, which one? Oh, no, just the story. No, none of the bad ones. Just the story. Like, he's at the the Stanford office and he's like working normal hours because all he's working on is the sale. And I'm yeah. like, good, you're 70 some years old. You should not be in that building 11 hours at a time. Work normal hours, old man.
1: He's a nine to fiver. Yeah.
2: Thank God. As well, long he doesn't get creative control, I think we're in good hands. Fully agree. All right. Let's get up out of here so I can um enjoy my last free night <laughs> before I have to go back to work. <laughs> uh thank you all for listening, download, sharing. We appreciate it. And uh we shall be back next week with we'll talking some football, you know, getting it all in right before the Super Bowl. Uh Anthony, great. yeah, Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Always. Always, man. Um, like I said, I'll be back next week. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later.